It's a brand new year, brand new resolutions. Everybody has this one thing on their mind that they really, really want to do this year. And, you know, for me personally, I, I've always wanted to, you know, go full-fledged with a professional wrestling podcast. It's always been something that I've wanted to do for so long. I've tried it several times. And every single time I try to do it, it, it just doesn't come out the way that I want it to come out. You know... I've been trying to do this for damn near a year now. Started off on this mini little podcast that I did with some guys that I knew back back in about 2020 during when like the pandemic really hit. And that didn't work out. I branched off by myself, started to do my own little thing, got a couple episodes in, kind of went a little bit haywire mentally, and really just deleted every single recording of what I've ever done. I was about six episodes in. Now, you know, go back and a couple months ago, Bound for Glory 2021, I, I picked it back up. I did the Bound for Glory review. It was going good, but then I just lost the motivation for professional wrestling in general. But it is a brand new year. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a fresh start for not just me, but a fresh start for everybody else in this world. You know... 2022 I want to make it a breakout year not just for myself not just for the people that are watching this or or listening to this what whatever you're doing I want 2022 to be the best possible year for not just me but for every single one of you but today today we're back today I'm back today the WrestleWart podcast is in full-fledged I'm gonna try to put out as many as I can a week I know what's gonna you know be a little bit hard I'm not gonna have a complete set schedule until probably a couple episodes deep into this thing I am searching for a co-host so hopefully that comes at a at a decent amount of time when I you know really start getting full-fledged into this whole podcast world once again and you know I just I, I just don't want this to be a one and done kind of thing. You know, I, I want this to be the best it can possibly be. I have all the right tools that I need for this. I have an entire year worth of professional wrestling to look forward to. Just last night, WWE held their day one pay-per-view, which they're now calling a premium live event apparently. We'll get to that in a second. They're not calling it a premium live event. No more pay-per-view. I mean, I I understand, you know, what they're trying to do here, but it's, it just doesn't roll off the tongue like pay-per-view does. You know, premium live event. Anyways, I'm getting off track. We got so much to talk about in today's podcast. I just want to give you guys my thoughts on what I think the year 2022 has in store for us uh, because you know like I said we have an entire year of wrestling you know 365 days of wrestling just awaiting us and the possibilities are endless for you know not just wrestling itself but the business the fans the product you know everything behind the scenes you know it's something you know completely new i know some people aren't going to take the whole uh, new year new start kind of thing you know to the heart but it's something that you got to do to make yourself believe 
and I'm going to do it to make myself believe. So, I've been rambling on for about five minutes. No professional wrestling whatsoever. This is kind of what I want the podcast to kind of be about. We're not going to just sit here, be all, be all, you know, we don't, we, we don't want to be all corporate. We want to have a little fun sometimes. You know, we want to chill out. We want to talk. We want to do this. We want to do that. I'll be taking some uh, questions on my Instagram page. I'm going to set up a poll every now and then. Ask you guys, you know, what do you want me to talk about? Ask you guys, you know, to give me some questions, you know, stuff like that. We can make this little interactive thing. Um, But for now, this episode, I'm just going to talk about what I think 2022 has in store for the wrestling world. What I see the companies doing in the next couple of months. And, you know, stuff like that. But the first thing that I do want to get out of the way is the day one pay-per-view by WWE. Pretty fun show. And I know a lot of people were bashing the name about, you know, day one. Why couldn't they just use uh, the, the New Year's Revolution thing? But some people love to live in the past. I know for me, I would have absolutely loved... A New Year's revolution, but it's it, it's just I, I don't think it's something that the company you know want to keep going backwards in time. You know they have their yearly specials that they've had for so long, which are you know the Royal Rumble, uh, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, you know stuff like that. Uh, but every now and then, you know I I, I guess they just think it's kind of cool to change it up a little bit, give you know shows a new look something they've been doing for quite a while now Uh, i feel like they really really started to get into it you know more in depth back in 2016 you know they did bring back no mercy they brought back backlash but then they also added in some new pay-per-views with the failed great balls of fire you know and then you had stomping grounds and now you have day one so it, it, it's nice to see a little difference every now and then. And the show itself was not bad at all. I mean, I th- I think it's it has some really, really good matches that can set the tone for WWE in 2022. That's all I'm going to say. I think it sets a really good bar. And, you know, matches like The Usos versus The New Day, phenomenal. Uh, the main event, The Fatal Five-Way... For the WWE Championship, phenomenal. Just madness, chaos. Uh, you had RK Bro defending their titles. Always fun to see RK Bro. You know, just stuff like that. You know, you always just you have you you had a good time with the pay per view. And then you had Beth Phoenix returning during the Edge and Miz match, which was another great match, which obviously leads into a mixed tag match. I would assume at the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar, he won the WWE Championship. You know, the match with Roman Reigns got called off because Roman had COVID. So, I mean, you got all these things happening in one night, and then you got the Migos coming out, coming out with, with RK Bro and doing their thing. And, you know, it was just a really wild and fun show. A, a nice way to kick off, you know, the new year. I enjoyed it. I know some people aren't going to like it, especially the fact that Brock Lesnar won the WWE title. But I don't think it does that much harm to what they're going to do. I mean, they already hinted at they already hinted at Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And that was like the dream match that 
so many people had on their minds for so many years and now we have a really solid chance of seeing that happen a really solid chance and you know with that stare down that 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 Brock Lesnar and Bobby had after the match really sets the tone for okay we're officially full-fledged full force going into Wrestlemania season the Royal Rumble is what 26 27 days away that's coming up soon really soon a lot sooner than some people may anticipate because time is going by very fast lately we're already at like what January 3rd it just felt like New Year's was was yesterday <laughs> so stuff stuff like this happens I mean you really get you know caught up in you know your life and then everything that's just going on around the world and now it's just okay this is happening this soon Wrestlemania is I would say about less than four months away now we're really close to like the biggest boom of the year for wrestling and I'm excited hopefully you guys are excited too because we have some endless matchups I mean that we can have we, we can possibly even see Big E you know win the Royal Rumble match I'll get to that in a second Bobby Lashley could win the Royal Rumble match then you got Roman Reigns and a possibility to have a unification match with Brock Lesnar and continue the rivalry that they were having over on SmackDown. Unify the, the Universal and WWE title. But then, you know, some people are going to think, what's going to happen next? I don't know what's going to happen next. Do you know what the hell's going to happen next? I feel like right now, in a time where... The company is really, you know, pushing away a lot of talent, releasing a lot of guys and girls, you know, that maybe one roster by itself with two shows is just kind of good. Obviously, people are going to be scared of, well, what if it gets repetitive and we don't want to see the same champions all the time, which is why you got to kind of keep that that two title format. I don't I don't think so. You know, obviously, you're going to have your bigs in there like like Reigns, like Lesnar. Maybe every now and then you'll get a guy like Seth Rollins in there. Maybe kind of like the underdog you'll see. Maybe like Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Every now and then you have guys like Damian Priest on the come up right now who could possibly get pushed into that scene. Kevin Owens, I don't know if I said him already, but he can be a really good asset to that as well. And plus you have the mid-card titles. I know people think that the company hates the mid-card title mostly the intercontinental title but I can tell you that the United States Championship has been doing a really good job at balancing itself out Damian Priest was definitely that kind of guy that you need to have a mid-card championship on especially if you're trying to build him up to be a future world champion which is what I think that they're going to do eventually you're going to need that kind of I guess that kind of, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but you kind of just kind of need that sort of push, you know. You need that sort of thing to let the fans know, like, hey, this is what I can do. This is what I'm going to do. You've already seen me with the United States title. Imagine what I can do with that world title. If they use the mid-card championships 
the way that they should use the mid-card championships, and that's to elevate talent instead of keeping the talent inside of a bubble and, you know, just letting them fight it out every week. Same guy, sometimes not even put the, 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 the champions on the show. You're not going to get anywhere when it comes to creating stars. You know, that, that's what I believe the mid-card championships are for. The United States and the Intercontinental title, they're to build superstars. You have the main event scene, the already established guys. Then you got the tag team guys, the guys that have it, but not as singles stars. Then you got the women's, which is like the women's world title, the best women. Maybe every now and then you get a new a new challenger for the title, but you already know that there's going to be that main core there for the women's titles. Then you got the mid-card titles. Titles for the new guys. Titles for the guys that have to prove themselves. That's what I feel like, you know, the format should have always been. I know sometimes the company doesn't like to follow that. They like to put established guys in with new guys for, like, the tag teams. Like, take RK-Bro, for example. I love RK-Bro. I'm going to just say, I mean, I think that they're one of the best tag teams in the world right now. They're putting on fantastic matches every week. They have great chemistry. You have one of the greatest wrestlers of all time with Randy Orton. Then you have one of the biggest upcoming superstars in Matt Riddle, who I believe may very well be a future WWE champion, just like Damian Priest. I believe that these two men will be the future of WWE's main event scene in the next five or so years. It's all about balancing out the roster. And people are definitely, definitely going to be mad at the mass releases still. And I do believe that there's still going to be a couple more coming soon. But, you know, it's just the company cleaning itself out. And I do not support the releases in any any way whatsoever. I'm just saying it how, how it's supposed to be said. What I think the company is doing is... You know, letting most of these guys go that they have no plans for. They're sending them off. They have no usage in them. They want to keep the guys that they think that they can do something with. Everybody knows that the roster back in, I believe, say, let, let, let's go from 2000 and I'll say 2009 to 2013. 2013-2014. That right there, that time period, that five-year stretch, they had a relatively small roster. About a 60-50 to 50 man roster. Both of them were used on Raw and SmackDown. Obviously, you still had those two main event championships, but it, the world championship was sort of an afterthought, but it was still there. It was still there. You still had guys. You still had established guys. You know, some guys would move from, you know, Raw to SmackDown every week. Some guys would be permanent mainstays. Every now and then they might go over to the other brand. But I feel like that's what the company's going for now. Uh, Obviously, they don't have that monster roster that they had, you know, let's say... 
2019. I know 2018 they had an insanely large roster. It was about like, I would say like 200 people. Over 200 people, like far over, like almost 300 wrestlers combining Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. That right there was about 300 wrestlers combined. Now I believe that the company within those five brands alone, excluding 205 Live, since 205 Live is now pretty much NXT's developmental within developmental. So we have four main brands, the Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. That right there, I mean, they're already at 185, around 180, 185. You know, that, that's kind of where they are right now. So they've released damn near almost 200 wrestlers within a year. They're letting a lot of guys go. And, you know, everybody talked about how WWE is this monster company that is holding a really big monopoly over professional wrestling. You know, signing all these guys. They're not having any true plans for them. And just letting them sit back and catering. Okay, look look at somebody like EC3. They had EC3 from 2018 to, to, to 2020. The hell did they do with EC3 within those two years? He had a nice little run on NXT. Got called up to the main roster. Did absolutely nothing. Got his ass kicked by Dean Ambrose. Lost to so many battle royals for some reason. Had this 10-person tag team match over on SmackDown. Got jobbed out again. And then just left the company when he got released in 2020. Now look at him. Probably one of the most intriguing acts on the independent scene. Slash Ring of Honor. With the whole free your narrative thing. He has fucking Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Adam Scher. And his group. A guy who was also released by the WWE last year in 2021. You see what I'm saying here? I mean, they got guys... That they could have, you know, held a monopoly over. Had no plans. Yeah, sure, they could have been featured in video games and whatnot. Could have made money off their merch sales. This and that, blah, blah, blah. But, did they really have value in them? And like I said, I'm not supporting the releases. I'm just being realistic. WWE's worked under a really small roster for so long. The brand split only happened back in 2001 because they had an influx of wrestlers from WCW and ECW. Then you also had the core WWE guys. That's, that's the whole reason the brand split became a brand split was because they had so many guys that they couldn't contain them on just one show. Now, present day... Just two, three years ago, they were at that same stage where they had so many guys that they needed five, six, probably seven shows if you count the, 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 C, the C-tier shows, like main event. Now look at them now. I mean, they have the roster that they I think they kind of want. They're balanced out about 30 people per roster, which is fairly decent enough. If they're going to unify the world championships, sure, you're back to, you know, your early 2010s with the whole CM Punk era. That's the 
I feel like that's the mindset Vince is in right now or you know whoever the hell is behind the releases most likely Nick Khan but you see that and obviously people are gonna see it as a negative you know seeing their favorites get released misused you know their their favorites you know not resigning contracts it's it's obviously gonna suck but you see the amount of wrestling outside of WWE right now and it's undeniable that these guys cannot find work elsewhere I mean look at Brian Myers I'm gonna take Brian Myers and Matt Cardona for a big example here Brian Myers and Matt Cardona they were jobbers Zack Ryder Kerr Hawkins they were they were I guess they were like big jobbers <laughs> They were stars, but they weren't treated as anything. Matt Cardona, in just a year alone, has worked in Impact Wrestling, the NWA, GCW. Alright, he's been GCW World Champion already. Okay? He's main eventing Impact Wrestling's hard to kill pay-per-view in just two and a half weeks for the world championship alright and now you got Brian Myers he's signed to Impact Wrestling he's doing the best work of his entire career he's had main event matches for the world championship against guys like Christian Cage he's turned himself into a bona fide superstar so if somebody like that can make their name can make their presence felt elsewhere they are stars okay I'm not knocking these guys these guys are great workers great wrestlers great talent any company in the world would be lucky to have some of the guys that WWE has released and they're making it known that they can practically go wherever the hell they want to go and now you got places like AEW just two years ago, three years ago, there was no AEW. You know what I'm saying? There was no AEW. WWE was like the be-all, end-all of American professional wrestling. Obviously, you have New Japan Pro Wrestling and you know stuff like that outside of the United States. But for the American wrestling audience, for the American wrestling scene, WWE was that place. Which is why I believe they held such a hostage on so many wrestlers because they could. You know, and now they're making record profits. I know that the whole bullshit about budget cuts is, you know, really what they're going for. And I feel like it, it, it's not really a valid point because they're making record profits. The, the most money that they've ever gotten in the company's history. Their stocks are risen. They're getting multi-million dollar TV deals. They have a billion dollar TV deal with Fox and a streaming service with Peacock for one billion dollars each. They're getting nearly 500 million dollars, you know, for, for the Saudi pay-per-views. They're making money. They can pay whoever the hell they want to pay. It's just a matter of who they want. I feel like WWE at the end of the year will hopefully balance out what they want to do.
they did the whole budget cuts thing back in April of 2020, right? They released and constantly released guys. The product has been on a steady decline for so many years. I feel like this is the year that they finally figure out what they truly want to do. I feel like this is the year that they sort of rebuild within the company. You know, they have guys, like I said, guys like Damian Priest and Matt Riddle. Who can carry some load in the company now? Still, you have bona fide stars like Roman Reigns. They can still be there. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. You got up-and-coming guys like Big E. And now you have NXT that's popping out superstars like Grayson Waller, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo, Carmelo Hayes. You still have veterans in there like Pete Dunne and Tommaso Ciampa. You're set. You have a fantastic roster. It's just a matter of what the hell you're going to do with this fantastic roster for the next 365 days. Moving over to the more independent side of the world, side of wrestling, I want to talk about the future of Ring of Honor. I know it's you know been well documented that most uh, every single employee that was you know contracted with Ring of Honor their contracts they all expired December 31st January 1st it sucks I loved Ring of Honor one of my favorite professional wrestling companies in the world you know it didn't matter if they were struggling or you know, we're at the peak of the, their popularity. I was always a supporter. Always will be a supporter. With them going on a hiatus, it really sucks. We're not going to have them for another four months. We're not going to have Ring of Honor. The future is really uncertain at this point. They have this large roster of guys that are now free agents. Some of them already signed to places like Jay Lethal to AEW. Some of them hinting at places like Shane Taylor wanting to go to MLW, which I think is a great, great idea. You know, for me, if, if, if you know me, MLW is like the pinnacle of professional wrestling right now in the world. That is the, in my opinion, the best, excluding Ring of Honor, who I thought, yes, had probably the best quality matches throughout you know the last couple of years you can argue that you you can say japan or something like that but for me personally it was always ring of honor who took that cake and now just seeing them going on this decline you know with sinclair broadcasting filing for bankruptcy i believe you know the 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 owners of the company are really losing money losing stake within ring of honor the, the TV deals were never necessarily there. They weren't really making any major profits with Ring of Honor. They were kind of just holding them in a hostage because of the whole, you know, buyout back in 2011, 2010. It, it really sucks, but, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, really hopeful to see that, you know, maybe AEW can grab some of these guys. WWE can grab some of these guys. Impact. 
NWA could pro probably rebuild off of these guys. I mean, you have you already have guys like Mike Bennett and uh, and Matt Saban and, and NWA. Uh, then you got MLW, of course. Guys like Shane Taylor, obviously wanting to go there. Shane Taylor Promotions, uh, O'Shea, Khan, Moses. I believe that'll be a great uh, faction there. Possibly feuding with Contra Unit. You know that is you know thinking outside of you know where these wrestlers are gonna go. It's really really exciting, and I'm excited for a lot of these guys, like Jonathan Gresham who is going to be defending the Ring of Honor World Championship at Impact's Hard to Kill. What is that going to lead for, you know, Jonathan Gresham and Impact? I don't know. Jonathan Gresham did, though, make it kind of known that he wanted to really stay with Ring of Honor. So he's not going to sign anywhere until the company, you know, is certainly back, which I believe is like a really respect respectable thing to do. Then you got Bandito now. We have two Ring of Honor World Champions, and I cannot wait until these guys clash we have so many uh so many things to look forward to in 2022 that in my opinion is probably one of the biggest things we also have the battle of la with pro wrestling gorilla who's always had stellar battles of los angeles as you know throughout the years missed out on you know 2020 2021 it sucked but they're back 2022 and they got a loaded roster uh, I'm really excited to see, you know, what what guys like Roosh, Kenny King, uh, guys like Josh Woods and, and Brian Johnson, you know, what their future holds. You know, and if it's, you know, steady and, and independent appearances, you know, here and there, that's, that's, that's really great. I mean, at least they're making money. At least they're, you know, getting their name out there. At least they're working. You know, but I really want to see some of these guys make it big. Really make it big. Especially somebody like Josh Woods. I believe that Josh Woods is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. Right up there next to Jonathan Gresham. Just one of the best technical wrestlers. And, you know, seeing him on the AEW Darks... Uh, tapings i mean he's going up against guys like sean spears but you know they're not, they're not really giving him the opportunity to flush out his name you know you got these these three minute matches which aren't really showcasing his talent to the ability that they can showcase his talent i just think that there's a lot of guys that could have a lot of value to wherever they go and as for Ring of Honor, when they do return, or if they return, uh, I don't know what that's going to look like. As of right now, I'm starting to really think it's going to be a just a really big independent company. Because they don't have any contracted superstars. I mean, look at all of their wrestlers. They're gone. You got the Briscoes no longer there. The OGK is no longer there. LFI, everybody's gone foundation in that everybody's gone their champions all gone their women's division is completely gone that they spent the entire year building up what are you gonna do it's it's now at a point where you gotta rebuild 
And that's what they're going to do over the next four months until April with Supercard of Honor. And I'm really excited to see Supercard of Honor. Hopefully, it's it's a success. Hopefully, Ring of Honor doesn't have any anything backfire with them going on hiatus for the couple of months that they are. But if it is the end of an era, as ROH stated it was in their final battle pay-per-view, one hell of a way to go out. I'll say right now, Final Battle 2021 was one of the most enjoyable wrestling pay-per-views of the year. My opinion, I believe Best in the World 2021 was a very good pay-per-view, top five of the year. So they can still put on that great of a product. It's just, will the fans care? I feel like it's up to us if Ring of Honor truly wants to succeed. We got to be the people to let it happen. And if you're with me, we can, we can make that happen. We can make it happen. If we love professional wrestling for what it is, we can make it happen. There's a lot of things to look forward to. A lot of things. You got the future of the WWE to look forward to. Will they unify the belts? Nobody knows. You got AEW. They're doing their thing. Honestly, for me personally, I'm not really keeping up with the company as much as a lot of wrestling fans are. And, you know, it's just not something that fits me personally. But they're doing some really interesting stuff there within them. I mean, they just went to, uh, to TBS. So... The TNT deal is kind of gone. They do have Rampage still on TNT. Uh, you have the Women's TBS Championship. That's uh, that's culminating in the finals. Uh, I think, believe, this Wednesday. So, I mean, there's I mean, there's things that you can look forward to within AEW. Uh, you know, some of the guys that could break out within the year, like Powerhouse Hobbs. Somebody like Dante Martin. You know, a lot of people are really high on Dante Martin. You know, there's there's a lot of controversy though between you know the company and you know what Tony Khan said about you know Big Swole and how she wasn't a good wrestler this and that. But everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you know that I hate AEW at all. It's one of the worst products in the world right now. You know, I'm just gonna say it's it's not my taste. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if you're going to hear much about it on the podcast any like at, at this point. Uh, but just to let you guys know, if you don't hear much of AEW, it's because I don't necessarily care for it that much. They have great talent, though. I love Malachi Black. You know, I love what they're doing with Cody Rhodes right now. I love what they're doing with the Lucha Bros. You know, they have a fantastic tag team division you know, with Proud and Powerful. Jurassic Express. I mean, they have legends like Chris Jericho and Christian Cage still in there. I know I'm missing a lot of people, but I'm just going off the top of my head right now. So, you know, it, it's really hopeful to see what, you know, the company does within the future. I mean, they obviously signed some really big guys like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. You know, Hangman Adam Page is the fucking world champion, which I'm, I'm really glad about. But I do believe that it is coming to an end. I believe that Brian Danielson will beat him for the title. 
it's going to be a really sad moment for me and all my Virginia boys, but, you know, it's, it's, it's professional wrestling. Nothing lasts forever. On the screen, of course. I mean, you can always go back and watch it, you know, this and that. You can always go back and do that, but, you know, nothing is always forever in terms of championships and, you know, just being the spotlight. And as for the rest of the world, the independent scene to the best it's ever been. I am not necessarily that big on independent wrestling either. I'm really trying to get into it though. I really am. I, I think that some of the wrestlers out there are fabulous wrestlers, future stars of the business. Guys like Calvin Tankman, Alex Kane, you know, guys that are out there like Alex Zane, um, Blake Christian. I'm really, really getting into guys, you know, like, uh, like, like Justice and, and Mance Warner, you know, guys like that. And you got this whole sort of, I guess, renaissance coming up from Mexico. I mean, you got legends and, 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 and luchadors coming up through to America, like, like Psycho Clown. And then you got, you got Pagano out here too. And you got, you know, people that you just don't, it, 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 it's, it's going to be a fun year. That's all I'm going to have to say. It's going to be a really fun year, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what the future holds. I'm excited for what wrestling in general has this year. And I believe that sooner or later, just maybe, maybe everything in the end will be all worth the hate, the Twitter comments, the sections on, on Instagram, the toxic-ass environment. Hopefully, maybe one day it's all going to be worth it. I have hope that this year might pull it off a little bit. Because there's obviously a lot to look forward to. Impact Wrestling. I forgot to talk about Impact Wrestling, but Impact Wrestling, they have, they have some really good guys there. They got uh, Jonah. Josh Alexander got Moose W Morrissey. I mean, their their rosters stacked as well. I mean, you got Matt Cardona, like I said earlier. You know, and also the NWA. I mean, obviously you got guys like you know Bastia and Mecha Wolf, Nick Aldis, Trevor Murdoch, Matt Cardona as well. You got up and coming wrestlers like like Kobe Carino. You know, and you know, just it's it's a fun time. To be a fan, you know you got a lot of a lot of variety now. So much variety than you had before. I mean, just to think of a couple of big name companies, you got you got WWE, obviously, AEW of course, Impact Wrestling, MLW, the NWA, GCW, the independent promotions like I'm gonna just give a. You know, some random promotions like ICW. Um, you also got Prestige Wrestling on the come up as well. Then you also got the international stuff like Pro Wrestling Noah. You know, you got All Japan, New Japan. You have so much variety in wrestling now is that like you, you can obviously you it's like it's impossible to not find something that you don't like. Or it's it's 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's impossible for you to find something. It's it's not impossible. I'm gonna just shut the hell up. But you know, it's wrestling in general. It may it, it may not be at its peak of popularity, but it's at the peak of its it's at the peak of its existence. So many promotions, so many wrestlers, so much of an outreach, so much of a presence on social media, you know, through casuals or hardcores. Wrestling is always going to be there for anybody and everybody. If you're a dedicated wrestling fan like myself, you should be hopeful every single year. You should be excited to see what's to come. As so am I. But anyways, I really hope you guys enjoyed this return episode of the Russell Wart Podcast. Like I said, it's been something that I've been trying to do for so long. Uh, finally have a new year, new mindset, new everything to, you know, really kick it into full gear. Like I said earlier in the beginning of the podcast. So yeah, keep in mind that this is going to be a regular thing now. I'm going to try and record as much as I can uh, through, you know, my my scheduling and work and all that. I'm going to try to do my best. I'm going to try to get some guests on here as well, maybe some co-hosts, so I don't have to strain my voice every single time I get on here talking for 40, 50 minutes straight by myself. Maybe some help would be fine out here, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to really look into that. I'm going to make this a little bit more of you know, a fan interactive, you go to my Instagram, I'm going to start up my, uh, my Twitter here in a little bit, I'm going to get back onto Twitter, hopefully, you know, that doesn't backfire on me, just, I, I want to make it the best that I can possibly make it, not just for me, like I said, I, I want it to be a fan experience, I want it to be something that everybody can look forward to, you know, if you're a fan of Russell Warp on Instagram, Russell Warp on YouTube, Wrestle Warp on this podcast. If you're a fan, go ahead. Tell your other friends. Tell your family. Tell your fellow wrestling buddies. Tell your moms. Tell your dads. Tell your dogs. Tell your sisters. Tell your cousins. Tell your aunts. Tell your uncles. I don't care who you tell. I just want to let you guys know that I'm here. I hope you guys have a great new year. Happy holidays. And there's so much more to come. Take it easy, everybody.